in the morning when you need the news that matters most. We have a constitutional right to publish this story. We are the fourth estate and we will hold the powerful accountable. You need the front page. Wait, what's the fourth estate? Us, the press. And everyone knows that? On the press box. Because I feel like people always say the fourth estate, but they don't actually know what it means. I think everybody knows what it means. I thought the fourth estate was time. That's the fourth dimension. I thought the fourth estate was Georgia. With Graney and Bischoff. No, not state, a state. You thought I was saying we're the state of Georgia? Bill's safety, Damar Hamlin, was discharged from the hospital in Cincinnati. He is now in Buffalo, still getting treatment. This is like incredible, unbelievable, right? Yeah. From Did where he... he went to on that field to being treated at that hospital in Cincinnati and now being home in Buffalo at another facility is beyond belief. Right. Discharged in a week yes. from the hospital in Cincinnati when, I mean, Monday night into Tuesday. I mean, the worst is what, know, the, is what I think you, a you lot of people expected. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And for it to be a week later and he's, you know, obviously watching the Bills play, right? And now he's back in Buffalo and communicating with his teammates. He's on Twitter and Instagram. Genuinely, like, an incredible recovery for DeMar Hamlin and the best probably the best possible news oh absolutely that we could have gotten that he's already home yeah just incredible that demar hamlin has already been discharged and i i now i'm sort of in the mindset we're going to keep getting great news about demar hamlin like it's just going to keep coming or it's like oh yeah he's good to go he's all good Lamar's been in great spirits. He's been working super hard. He's out there again today. I mean, I don't watch the workouts uh, with the trainers. It's with the trainers, and and hopefully it's progressing to the point where he can get to practice it sometime soon. I mean, that's that's really what we're all hoping for, for sure. He wants to play. There's no doubt. That's that's my feeling. John Harbaugh did not have an update on Lamar Jackson's health and availability, though. Other than Lamar wants to play and he's in good spirits, but he doesn't watch him practice. Are we going to get a playoff I mean, game without Lamar Jackson? Even if we get a playoff game with Lamar Jackson, how good is he? Well, better After than a month. Well, he's better than yeah, the, the, they're going to try. Who there. did they who did they start against the Bengals? What was that guy's name? Anthony Brown. Oh lord. Um, he's going to Raiders be... are going to draft here in about 2 weeks. <laughs> That's Anthony Richardson. Yeah. Same same kid, same kid. <laughs> they stole him off of Florida yes, for a game. Exactly. <laughs> uh man, like how how did right. this how did this injury maybe maybe I don't pay enough attention to the Ravens, but I I always this always felt like ah he'll be back next week, but I feel like I've been assuming that for like a month right. now. You have because he's yeah. been out that long. It's and he might miss their playoff game and they're going to get eliminated and look around and say okay good uh, Lamar Jackson didn't play for the last month. I and mean a half. you're right he's as good as anyone they're going to put in there. I just don't know how good he's going to be. Right because they have to go on the road and beat a good team in Cincinnati. Right exactly. like that's what they have to do. And if they're going to do that, Lamar Jackson's going to have to be Lamar Jackson good. Yeah. And if he if he's not out there they're not winning the game. If he is out there. Is he Lamar Jackson or is this, hey, it's a rusty version or maybe not even a 100% version? I mean, you're, you're playing Lamar Jackson if he's not 100% still, right? Yeah. Like, this is it. I mean, you don't have him under contract. You might as well. <laughs> that is actually a good point by Jared. 
the a cy- horrible fr- point. From a it's... cynical view of how you handle NFL players, that is exactly what the Ravens <laughs> should do. If they had signed him in the offseason to a five-year deal, no, no chance you you he's not him. in there. You take, you take your loss. And we'll you run it back next, next year. Yeah, but no contract? Oh, get out right. there. Let's go. Why do you think Josh Jacobs kept getting carries even though the season was over? <laughs> Yeah, that's a pretty detailed question. Uh. Mike Williams is expected to be back at practice this week and play in the Chargers playoff game in Jacksonville. He left their Week 18 game with a back injury. He does not have a fracture, according to Brandon Staley. That's the game that the Chargers had their starters playing into the second half, despite uh, their playoff seating not being... There was no way it would change by the time their game kicked off. Did you see Staley's comments afterwards about, well, if I don't play them, people will say, why didn't you play them? And if I take them out, people will say that. Is he worried about people? Worry about what you're supposed to do for your team. So you, you're really listening to people? Here's here's the here's my question on Staley playing those guys. Isn't that I mean he has the final say, but isn't that a team wide discussion? Well I would think it's a discussion first of all, with management. Right. Like, isn't that, like, Staley, and, and listen, rightfully so, Brandon Staley gets the criticism, he's the head coach, whatever. But that's not just, like, Brandon Staley says, we're playing Herbert. I don't care what anybody else in the building says. Herbert's playing. No, that has to be, I'm sure the Raiders had those discussions right. with Josh about Josh Jacobs, even though they had nowhere to go. So the part that I'm, like, a little confused by is, like, Staley, again, he's taking the blame, deserves to take the blame. Why as an organization did the Chargers do this? And even if they were like, okay, we want to play him because we don't want him to get rusty, whatever, they still came back in in the second half. Yeah. And like Keenan Allen was still out there after they pulled Justin Hurt. Right. I it just feels like that's a that's a team that's a team wide failure. Like I just I just can't imagine the GM or even the assistant coaches or even the players being like, ah, we should probably not be playing and Staley saying, No, bleep you, get back in the game. Right. Right. Like I it, very weird that nobody on that team was like, hey, uh, maybe we should get Herbert out of the game here, right. guys. Like, he he almost broke all of his ribs in, like, the second game of the season this year. Maybe we shouldn't take that shot in a game that means nothing. I don't know. It was, to me, stupid from Staley, but also organizationally, nobody's telling Staley, hey, we shouldn't do. I don't know. Very, very and They had to have had the discussions. They were locked into wherever right. they were at. I mean, coming into Sunday, they could have lost and fallen to the sixth seed if the Ravens had won. But the Ravens kicked off before them. The Ravens yeah, lost before they lost. kicked off. And I can understand, like, hey, we don't know, you know, Sunday until after the Ravens play. So we're going to start Herbert and everybody. Yeah, but once you know, you get they tell you in your headset they lost. Right. Then that's I just, that. I'm blown away at, like, as an organization, that wasn't stopped and that it was... It couldn't have been, I don't know, just a bizarre thing top to bottom in that organization for them to have played that long. You sense any give up in the locker room? Hell no. What kind of questions that, Bill? So the Twins might get Carlos Correa back. According to Ken Rosenthal, the Twins and Correa have had talks that have begun to accelerate. It's been 20 days since the Mets and Correa agreed on a 12-year, $315 million deal that has not been signed because the Mets are also worried about his physical in the same way the Giants were. He's got a plate in his right ankle, and they're worried that he's not going to be healthy for the length of the contract. Um, I mean, I know what David said, and 
I don't think Cohen would be outbid by anybody, but maybe Cohen is going to be convinced by his people it's just not a smart idea. It's not being. It's not about being outbid. It's just a. Not, it's not a smart idea to go down this road. So the idea of him being convinced it's not smart, I can see that happening for a few reasons. Number one, the Mets are already going to be good next year, mm-hmm. right? They don't need Carlos Correa to be good. Number two, they're moving him out of shortstop, yeah, he's right? Going to like, third. like you're signing a guy to play a position that he's not, that's not his normal position. And then the third reason would be if I'm, if I'm trying to convince Steve Cohen, hey, uh, don't sign Correa because we're worried about his like whatever the hell you're worried about. I just tell Steve Cohen, like, hey, man, like, Shohei Otani's a free agent next offseason. This isn't the only time you're ever going to be able to sign good players. You'll get to do this again in a year, right? Like, you don't have to sign every free agent now. You can do that next offseason. So let Correa go. We're still going to be good this year. And then look at that. Shohei Otani's a free agent or whoever big-name free agent they want to sign next offseason. Go get them if you're really that worried about the plate I mean, in his ankle. You know where Otani's going. Yeah, the New York Mets. He's going down the freeway. Yeah. San Diego? <laughs> Seattle. <laughs> That'd be up the freeway. Nah, I mean, depending on. He's going up the freeway facial. to uh, <laughs> Chavez Ravine. Do I love coaching? Hell yeah. Have there been a lot of things that have made it a challenge and a strain because of my own self inflicted things? No question about it. That was Sean McVay. Is he retiring? I don't think he's coming back, man. I think when you have to sit here and say... Give back that chunky soup money. Yeah, I don't think when you sit here and say, I need a few days to process this. Wait a minute, process is what the Raiders do. Hold on. Uh, I don't. I, I think he's going to step away, and uh, he and the wife are going to talk, and he obviously has... I don't know if he can pick his job, but he obviously has a career in broadcasting, which he said he wants to do anyway. A lot of these guys, don't, a lot of these guys go out of football... And they're hired to do it. They're not thinking in those terms. He's actually already thought in those terms. He actually's on record saying that's something he wants to do. Right. He sees Jimmy Johnson on a boat nine months out of the year, <laughs> and he's like, seems not, pretty good. Not a bad deal. If you're if you're making, even if you're making half the money that an NFL coach would make to be on TV talking about the NFL, there's no doubt in the world you take that job. It's why, like, when John Gruden came out, it's like, what are you doing? Like go back to T like that's that's the job you want. You put in so many hours into this profession. And it's a it's gotta be a drain on every part of your life that's not football. And then you get to a point where a television network wants to pay you millions of dollars to come on 17, 18 times a year to talk about it. Ah, oh, that's well, a no brainer. And and even though the Rams like the Saints have with Peyton, they control the rights. If you're if you're McVay, don't you assume I'll get a job no matter when I want Oh, you go to so, TV I mean, three years later. You want to come he, back? I want to come back. He's got a job in a second. Mark Davis can be like, oh, I finally got rid of this McDaniels guy. That didn't work <laughs> out. Come on down, Sean McVay. But, I mean, genuinely, every year, whenever there were coaching opportunities, someone would float the name Gruden. And right. Gruden would go to ESPN and go, look, I could get, I could get, be getting paid more out there coaching so go ahead and give me a raise to stay <laughs> yeah, with this yeah, sean yeah. Mendukin guy who constantly talks about my contract so here's the other fun detail about this he granted if he retires this offseason he did it one year too late but my god the rams go all in they trade every pick they have for like five years they win the super bowl yeah. 
and then you walk away and say, good luck with that. He did it one year late because they were awful this year, but that is phenomenal. Like, yep, go all in for me, baby. We're winning the Super Bowl. You guys are dealing with repercussions. I'll be on NBC. That was the funniest part. Someone someone leaked, or not leaked, someone basically said, well, he's been saying privately that he doesn't want to be involved in a rebuild. Dude, you were part, you're part of the reason that they <laughs> yes. need a rebuild. Yes, that is why. <laughs> well, look at rebuild. all my chickens coming home to roost. <laughs> it's great. Phenomenal work by Sean McVay, if that's what he does. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, Kevin Durant has an MCL sprain. Ooh. He's going to be reevaluated in two weeks. Not he's coming back in two weeks. Reevaluated in two weeks. The Nets are currently the two seed in the Eastern Conference. They have been playing extremely well. Like ever since Steve Nash was gone, they have been really good. But now Kevin Durant has an MCL sprain that could leave him out for a while, uh, which sucks to be honest. And I hope that the timeline allows him to come back and be good to go for the postseason. Because I don't want to watch the Brooklyn Nets without Kevin Durant playing in the playoffs. It's fun when they're good, isn't it? Right. Kevin Durant's an incredibly fun player to watch. Mm -hmm. The guy's seven feet tall and is just like, I'll just shoot over you. Yeah. Like, ah, good defense. I'll shoot over you. Hey, hey, he insists he's six foot nine. That's right. He's not seven feet, but he is seven feet. I'll just shoot over you. Incredibly, like one of the most aesthetically pleasing players the NBA has ever had. Like, come on, let's be healthy in the postseason. Like, can that entire team just be healthy in the damn postseason and be, you know, eligible to enter countries and stuff like that that you might have to play a game? Sure. And can we just see the damn Brooklyn Nets as, as constructed in the playoffs? As when they all got together, you wanted to right. see them. Right. Like, that has not happened. Can we right. just see that in the playoffs? It'd be great if For that could bring happen. Bring back Harden? Yeah. It'd be, well, no, nah, he's fine. He's fine there. <laughs> we'll be fine. All right, coming up next. We'll jump into a little bit of the Golden Knights because they might have a problem against the Pacific. Mac has the ability to, you know, to play quarterback in this league. And, you know, we have to all work together to try to, you know, find the best way to, as a football team, which obviously the quarterback's an important position, to be more productive than we were this year. That's incumbent upon all of us. We'll all work together on that. And again, look for better results. You're sitting in the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. Follow them on Twitter at Ed Graney and Bischoff underscore Tyler. Okay, before we get to the Golden Knights, that quote from Bill Belichick. Is that like damning of Mac Jones to be like, yeah, he can play quarterback in the NFL? Or is that just We Bill... just saw Jared Stidham do it. <laughs> or is that just Bill Belichick? Because part of me is like when you see the quote, you're like, oh. He can play quarterback in the NFL. It just seems like the worst compliment you can give somebody. But it's also Bill Belichick, and that's probably just how Bill Belichick talks about his no quarterbacks. No days off. No days off. Right? Yeah, I was watching Charmed. <laughs> <laughs> we found the remote in the studio, so we are back to Charmed in the morning. So, okay, let me ask you a different quarterback question then. Jared played the sound earlier of uh, Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Saying if the Jets sign a veteran quarterback, he's going to make that guy's life or uh, life hell every single day. Right, right. Not on the like practice field. Just he's going to, like, you know, change out his deodorant for Icy Hot. <laughs> like, he's going to, like, hide his Shady shower. Cream in his shoes. Yeah, or hide his shower shoes. Right. That would actually make him more likable as a teammate than what the Jets currently think of him. Is Zach Wilson doing everything he can to actually get cut by the Jets? 
I think he's cocky enough to think because he's a third pick overall, he's not going to get cut. Maybe. I think he's cocky enough to think that. Because in all honesty, pretend you're Derek Carr for a second, and you have a no-trade clause, or you become a free agent, you get to completely pick. And the Jets want you. The Raiders come to you and say, hey, we've got a trade in place with the Jets. Will you waive your no-trade clause? Are you looking at this saying, I'm not going to be on the same team as Zach Wilson? <laughs> Like, clearly, I'm better than Zach yeah. Wilson, but I don't want to be around that guy. So, no. Like, would, a, would another quarterback say, I just don't want to be around Zach Wilson for an entire season? I think the Jets with Derek has more to do with the weather. Is that real? Is that actually, I, like, we've... not very good in it. We've talked about I know we've talked about it, and I know it's proven true every time, and I know he's got small hands. <laughs> if you're the Jets... Or the Steelers. Oh, I was saying Carr. Oh, you think Carr would reject? Oh. Oh, no. I I think the teams might think what you think. It's like, okay, we'll get him here. He's a good quarterback. He'll be fine. I think more in the back we'll of the We'll have Carr's him go to that mind. masseuse that, like, massaged thing, hands to make him longer. The one oh. thing this guy does not want to do, You're given go- his feeling about the Raiders, he does not want to go somewhere where there's any hint that he could fail. Man, I, I just, okay. I just don't think I'll he be completely does. honest. I didn't even think of Carr would turn down the cold weather because he hasn't played well in cold. I didn't even that didn't even cross my mind that Carr might say no to New York or I would Pittsburgh. think he would say no to New York more on the the bunch of godless heathens. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if you're Derek Carr, we talk a lot about athletes and self confidence and how most of them believe I'm awesome at all times. Sure. Would Carr, would Carr actually say out have, loud? No. no, well, not out loud, but just to himself to reject the Jets. Would he actually say to himself, "I've really sucked in the cold. Do I really want to go there and play seven, eight, nine games in thirty-five degree I mean, weather?" I'll go back to the point where I just don't think, because of his feelings about the Raiders now and what happened there, that he wants to go anywhere. He can't. He can't guarantee he's going to succeed. But if there's anything like the weather or things that he hasn't played well in, I think he'd wait it out and try to get to a more climate-friendly place. I just, I think that I would think be, that. In, I think it'd be incredibly smart. To be completely honest, I think it'd be incredibly smart on his part. I just, I don't know, I hadn't thought of it until you, you kind of like blew my mind a little bit that Carr would be like, I'm not going to New York. I suck in the cold. So here's another question for you. You're Derek Carr's agent, and Carr is on board with going to the Jets. Do you tell Carr, hey, man, <laughs> you suck in the cold. Let's get these like, stats do out. You, do you have a, a PowerPoint presentation to be like, here is your career numbers when it's below whatever, 40 degrees. 40 degrees. Here is the average temperature in New York, and here is their stadium. Note, there is no roof. Like, do you just put together a sle- three-slide presentation to be like, you cannot accept that trade to the Jets? Oh, this is... I think he might at least remind him if you're a good agent okay so he's got to go to the colts then they play indoors they play indoors and they're in the afc south so their division opponents are houston and jacksonville like you're playing in warm weather cities for he's got to go to the colts see and i'm thinking he follows the path of andy dalton he gets his outright release signs a one-year contract goes i'm gonna back up dak prescott in in dallas i'm home yeah, the way Dak's playing, he might be the starter at some point next year. He has an opportunity to <laughs> compete in training camp. 
and Ed is still miserable. How <laughs> how big of a circus would it be in Dallas if Dak Prescott like has a terrible playoff game and then they bring in Carr? That would be a circus, yeah, be a circus. wouldn't it? Yes, because yeah. Carr is not. Carr is not good enough that you could just be like, ah, he's he's got to start over Dak Prescott. But he's but also not, he's bad, not enough bad enough to where you, you wouldn't think about it. Right. Where you'd be like, oh, that would that's can I, how do I cheer for that? There's no way it happens because Carr no, would Carr would not gonna go somewhere with Dak. Right. Prescott. And the Cowboys wouldn't do it either. No. But God, that'd be funny. Hold on. I'm I'm just drawing the parallel further. Andy Dalton, nine years with the Bengals, couple of playoff losses, got hurt a lot, and then suddenly was unceremoniously thrown to the side. Where did he wind up? Texas boy winds up back in Dallas. I think this is, I'm putting all my money on. <laughs> he winds up in, Derek Carr winds up backing up Derek Prescott, or alternatively, we have a quarterback controversy in Dallas coming out of training camp. Jared has bet all $1.74 that he has. I think it's a dime, technically. Oh, man. <laughs> Lost some money. All right. Well, so we don't get paid for a couple days. <laughs> you got five days to hold out, Jared. <laughs> um, I okay. All right. I am fascinated by the Derek Carr conversation now. And would he reject? How about Brady cities? leaves and he goes to Tampa? Possibly. I think that's in. And, and listen, you go to Tampa, you can win the division. Even if you're kind of yeah, bad. with six wins, with six wins, with six yeah, wins. six wins won it. <laughs> you can win the division. If if we're just comparing straight up, Tampa to New York, forget about the cold weather part of it. You're not winning the damn division in New York. No. What, what, no. You're not beating Buffalo. Hell, you're probably not meeting Miami. Beat Miami when, when two is back. Like, and and they haven't been very good for the last three seasons. They got a playoff appearance in there, but the Patriots still exist. It's not like the other team in the division is just a three-win team. The Patriots are always going to be somehow a pain. Like they're going to exist. The, the they're going to they're going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers right. for the next ten years. Right. Oh. right. So like, how did they get nine wins? Right. So it's like, God, you go to the Jets. Der- Derek Carr could go to the Jets, could play well, and finish fourth in the yeah. division. So no, and way. I just don't. Right. I don't want. I, I don't think he's going to go anywhere where he thinks he can fail. And there's not an automatic guarantee he won't fail, but I think he's going to go somewhere, and it all has to do with the Raiders. I uh, we this whole last five minutes completely convinced me the Raiders should not even call the Jets. Not even, not even pick up the phone if they call because there's no way Carr should accept a right. trade to the Jets. That's like the last place he should want to go at this point. It's cold and the division's hard. No chance yeah. you're going yeah. there. All right, coming up next, Charles McDonald joins the show. In the shotgun, Johnston. They fake it to him. Max keeps and will score. Touchdown, Duncan. Max walks in unscathed. Ninth rushing touchdown of the year for Duncan. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Follow him on Twitter at 4Verts. We just work at Yahoo Sports. Joining us now, our resident Georgia Bulldog fan, Charles McDonald. Uh, Charles, do you think Kirby Smart is upset this morning that they did not have a shutout last night? Uh, Yeah, a little bit because... <laughs> <laughs> The only big play they had last night was uh, a buster coverage in the first quarter, uh, and then they scored a touchdown like a player or two after that. And outside of that, it was basically nothing for the whole game. Uh, but you know, like we were, we were talking about someone from that that tree of coaching uh, the Saban tree. Like <laughs> perfectionism is really all all they're they're striving. So 
Uh, I know it had to hurt him to give up a touchdown like that on a mistake from a, from a Georgia player, but hey, you only gave up seven points in the national title game. Uh, he scored 67 or 65 points, excuse me. Uh, I thought it was a great game, you know, very thrilling from uh, start to finish. Uh, and uh, the Bulldogs are back to back national champions, which I didn't think I would ever. Uh, I didn't think I would ever, you know, see this day after watching them waste the careers of like Matthew Stafford and AJ Green and No Marino and all those guys who ended up being good pros in the NFL. So uh, it's a, it's been a fun couple of years to be a Georgia Bulldogs fan. Kirby's already got to be out recruiting, right? He left right after the game. Oh yeah, that, that, I feel like he loves that stuff. Uh, you know, just, just like at the game last night, uh, a video came out where. They were eating chicken wings on the on the sideline during the game. Like I don't know what's a better recruiting pitch than that. Like we're up fifty <laughs> points in the national championship game. We're having wings catered to the sideline. Like that that's the Georgia Bulldog experience right now. Uh, it doesn't get much better than that. And you know, just going back to his time with uh, Alabama. I mean, he was one of Nick Saban's top recruiters. He was able to bring that over to Georgia. So uh, you know, sitting pretty here. That's uh, Bennett, one of the greatest college football players of all time. Two-time national championship, uh, Heisman finalist. Didn't think I'd be saying that, and I know that he has tricked some NFL team into spending a top 100 pick on him next season, which is uh, good for him. Uh, as a Georgia fan, do you wish that this game had been more competitive? Like, do you wish there was actual drama in it, or did you enjoy that it was over approximately five plays into the game? Oh, no, it, this was fine, because we got the drama with the Ohio State game. Uh I was the only two teams that I was I was scared of this year was Alabama and Ohio State. Uh, just because, like, when you look at, I, I think when you get to the bowl games, a lot of it comes down to uh, just who has the better players. You can track a lot of that through recruiting rankings. So, uh, you know, Ohio State had me a little nervous because I, I thought, and I still do think that they had the best player in college football this year in Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, and obviously he was unbelievable in that game before he got hurt. So uh, I was I was pretty happy when TCU beat Michigan because I was like, okay, if they can just withstand the onslaught from C.J. Stroud and Marvin Harrison, like two guys who are going to be uh, top three NFL draft picks, then I felt pretty good about their ability to take on you know Max Duggan, who I don't I, – I mean, I, I kind of thought I was surprised that he was even at the Heisman ceremony when you look back at the season that he had. So uh, – that was, that was all cool. You know, you got the drama in the, the semifinal, and then uh, the national title was, was, I mean, borderline nothing. Like, that. The Kent State gave Georgia a harder time than, than TCU did. Georgia Tech, gave, <laughs> Georgia Tech gave Georgia a harder time than TCU did. Uh, and look, TCU, they had a fun season. You scrape by, and you, and you have a bunch of close wins and comeback wins, but when you play the big dog, you know what's up. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> uh, you said... He fooled a few NFL teams into t- taking the top hundred picks. I mean, is there any future for him there? What What are his strengths and weaknesses that actually someone could say, you know what, maybe we should take a flyer on him? Uh, um, hmm. well, he's fast. Uh, <laughs> that's it. He's starting to. That's, 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 that's about it. That's all I got. Look, uh, look. All, all I'm saying with Stephen Bennett is quarterbacks have been drafted high that accomplish a lot less than he did uh, in college. I mean, the, the same they drafted uh, Ian Book at the top of the fourth round, and, you know, he, he barely did anything at Notre Dame. And 
Uh, like Davis Mills went to the top of the third round, and Stetson Bennett had a better college career than he did. So uh, I wouldn't do it. Personally, I would be trying to make him like Julian Edelman or something like that before he goes off and be a Republican con- congressman. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I think some teams going to take him as a quarterback and let him be a backup and, and try to develop him. But you know, I'm not I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for him. Uh, did you enjoy the confusion of the other ten offensive players when Kirby Smart called a timeout to give Stetson Bennett a curtain call? Uh, yeah, I did. I was a little bit confused too. Uh, <laughs> Because I was like, what are we doing? Like, I'm <laughs> I'm trying to play some video games before it gets too late, but I was still trying to watch the entire game. Uh, and then, you know, they gave him the moment. And then it, it was it was funny because, you know, if you go back to this time last year, uh, like when they were going ready, getting ready to play Alabama in a national title game, people were like, Stetson Bennett, man, I don't know. And I was one of those people saying, I don't know, Stetson Bennett. But since the fourth quarter of that game, I mean, he's he's been just about as good as a, a – uh, a college quarterback can be, uh, especially for a team that, you know, doesn't really ask him to do all too much. I mean, just if you can sit there and, and throw screens to Brock Bowers and find some wide open guys to unlock and give you, then, uh, you know, I, 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 I do think a lot of quarterbacks do what he did, but you got to give him credit for still, for still doing it. You know, it, it didn't always look like he was going to be the guy for Georgia, and now uh, he goes down as, you know, I think unequivocally the greatest quarterback in, in the history of the program. Uh, you know, he gets to, he, he kind of gets to shove in everyone's face today. I know he's, you know, almost 30 years old, uh, but hey, a, a win is a win and, and accomplishments are accomplishments, right? Is there uh, any chance we look back at the last two years of Georgia football the way that we do that, what was it, 2001 Miami team that had like Ed Reed and Jonathan Vilma and Jeremy Shockey and like the greatest running back room in college football history. Is there any way we look back in a few years and we're like, wow, Georgia had like five hall of famers and like 15 NFL starters in the last two years. Um, I think, I think definitely on defense, uh, there's, there's a chance for that. I mean, think about all the guys who got drafted last year. There's five first round picks, uh, plus McCoby Dean and, and Chang Dahl who are both top 100 picks. And then, uh, this year, you're going to have Jalen Carter, who's a top-five pick. Uh, Kelly Ringo is probably going to be a top-15 pick. They had the uh, safety, Malachi Sparks, uh, who's a freshman this year, who's instantly one of the best defensive players in college football. Uh, Chris Smith, another safety, is probably going to be a, a, a pick in the top three rounds of the draft. So, yeah, I think when you look back at, uh, at, at this Georgia team, not, maybe not on offense, but on defense for sure, uh, I don't know if you guys have ever seen this graphic. It's like from the, the 2013 Seminoles team that won the, the title over Auburn. And basically someone has drawn like every single starter from that defense and offense got drafted or played in the NFL at some point. Uh, and I think that's what you need to be looking at with the Georgia defense, especially when you look at guys who have already started to make an impact in the NFL. Uh, Trevon Walker got a lot better through, uh, through the, like the back half of his rookie season. Uh, Jordan Davis looks like he's going to be a stud. Uh, Lewis Seen still hasn't even played yet. I mean, these guys are uh, these guys are really talented, and I think the NFL is going to keep uh, going after them. Don't ask how uh, Clay Wall's rookie season ended, uh, <laughs> but for the rest of them, I, I think it's uh, it, it, it's it's definitely becoming like one of those places where you look to for NFL talent in the in the first and second round. All right, I'll give you one NFL question. Should we uh, have some sort of special waiver to put the Lions in the playoffs instead of the Seahawks? Uh, no. No. Okay. Gino earned it. 
All right. All, All right. right. How about the Bucks? You want to throw the Bucks out? Sure. Yes. Sure. The Bucks. <laughs> the Bucks can be out for sure. I mean, I I don't I don't want to see the Bucks, and it seems like you know I, 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 Dak Prescott ended the season on a low note. I don't know how much it's going to carry over because I think he's had a pretty spectacular season. But I'm I, I'm good on seeing this version of Tampa Bay. Um, uh, it, they're just not fun to watch. The offense stinks. The defense is really good. To me, that's like the worst brand of football you can watch. And now uh, we're going to get this in the playoffs. Like we need Dak to come through because we don't want Tom Brady winning one of these games where he's not even really doing much like he has this entire year. Well, he is Charles McDonald. Again, follow him on Twitter at 4Verts and read his work at Yahoo Sports. Charles, we appreciate it. Thanks, Charles. All right. See ya. Uh, so there's Charles McDonald. Um, maybe a little surprised he picked up the phone this morning after Georgia won the national championship. By the way, the 2001 Miami team, their running back room. Oh, it's so good. So Willis McGahee had 314 rushing yards. Frank Gore had 562. <laughs> And the reason those two had so few rushing yards is because, oh, Clinton Portis ran for 1,200 <laughs> yards on the season. Oh, and by the way, they had Andre Johnson and Jeremy Shockey to catch touchdown passes. And the defense was better. Coming up next on ESPN Las Vegas, we'll jump into some NFL because the Broncos are interviewing every possible person to be their next head coach. You said this ball's for him? Yeah, this is for him. Another thing, stop playing us, man. We made we the Detroit Lions. We the Detroit Lions. Stop playing with us. I don't even watch TV, but I heard everybody already picked their picked the Packers over us. Stop playing with us. That's all I gotta say, man. Don't let these tears fool you. There's all dog around this mug. It's the press box with Graney and Bischoff on ESPN Las Vegas. That was Jamal Williams of the Detroit Lions. That was the on-field post-game interview on NBC, where Jamal Williams. Um, for about 30 seconds, talked about his grandfather and was saying how this is for him and was emotional, was crying about it. <laughs> and then flipped a switch to bleep you for picking against <laughs> us. It, like, out of nowhere. Just, like, emotional. I did this for my grandfather. And, oh, yeah, you picked the Packers? Here's a middle finger. <laughs> Phenomenal. Unbelievable performance. This old dog around his mug. <laughs> Phenomenal performance. From Jamal Williams. Now, on the Broncos. Okay. Broncos country. Let's ride. I I tried. I was going to put in our rundown all of the coaches that they have requested to have an interview with. But then I kept seeing tweets about them requesting to interview more coaches. And I decided I'm not doing this. Because there's going to be 40 of them in here. They've requested to interview everybody who's ever stepped on a football field. Oh, so they, there is a like medium probability that they will interview a minority candidate. <laughs> I think they have to. No, there's a rule uh, about that. No. Yeah, there, there's a rule, but it, everyone takes that rule super seriously. So the two big names. Uh, first off, they received permission from the Saints to interview Sean Payton. Um, if you remember, Payton is still under, I guess, team control is the right way to phrase yeah, it. Yeah, for the, for the uh, Saints. From the Saints. So any team that wants to hire Sean Payton has to effectively agree to a trade with the Saints. Now, the Saints could say, we don't want anything, take him. But that seems highly unlikely they'll get something back. According to uh, a couple different reports from Ian Rappaport, the Saints want a first-round pick for Sean Payton. And the Broncos are aware of that and still are going to interview Sean Payton. And do not have a first-round No, they pick. do. They have the 49ers. 
Oh, it's okay. just in the late 20s. They have a first-round pick. Yeah, yeah, they do. It's just not theirs. It's not the top five. They traded away, what, the third overall pick in the draft. But they got like 20-something because yeah. they traded um, Bradley Chubb, I think, was the trade that got them a first-round pick. Are you or would it be smart to give up a first-round pick to hire Sean Payton? In the 20s? I don't know. They're just so bad. And I, I just... <laughs> I think that if I'm him, I don't. I mean, I guess I interviewed to hear what they have to say, but he can. I think he can do so much better on the open market. Uh, Sean, aim higher. Yeah. Well, okay, so exactly. And we've. I've said the same thing, but it's not technically the open market because he's got to be traded for. Right. So if only so Denver was willing to trade a first round first pick, round pick, it's it's only Denver. I right. get that. I might give up the first-round pick if it's in the late 20s for him. If I'm them. If I'm him, I don't take the job. So, normally I would say the Denver Broncos are not very close to winning a Super Bowl. So, the Denver Broncos should not trade their first-round pick. But they're in such a bizarre scenario with Russell Wilson where he was awful this year. But yet, they're still like locked into him for two more seasons, probably three more seasons. If you're the Broncos and you're going to uh, not even not even be a Super Bowl contender, if you're just going to be a, a playoff level contender, you have to have a coach that's going to make Russell Wilson good mm-hmm. again. And I think so Pete Carroll. And I think the best way that happens is if you hire somebody like Sean Payton. And so, even though I don't think it actually puts the Broncos anywhere near the Super Bowl. I think I give up the first rounder for Sean Payton because I think that's the o- that's like the only path to having some sort of success over the next three with years. Russell Wilson, right? Because again, if you have an average or worse head coach in there, they're winning five games they every year. Just saw what happened. With like that. like this is a bad NFL team. But if you get Sean Payton in there and he can actually you know fix Russell Wilson, then. I don't think you won in the Super Bowl, but hey, look at that. You won nine games. Maybe you won 10 and you're in the play. I, that, right. that becomes possible. If you hire just an average coach, you're not doing anything for, for three years, which is a brutal place to be as an NFL franchise. The other coach, and maybe, maybe you could say Harbaugh could do the same thing for Russell Wilson, is Jim Harbaugh. Um, and this is for <laughs> sure that they're going to interview him. He is going to interview with the Broncos, which first off, Fun statement Harbaugh put out last week about enthusiastically returning to Michigan. What was the one word we both enthusiastically? Went over? Enthusiastically, yeah. It was that means you're not coming back. <laughs> like both of us said that one word in the entire state was like that means he said. Well, he said I expect, expect to be enthusiastic. It was expect. Yeah. It was expect to, to to be back. So those are the two big names: Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Do you believe the Broncos land either one of those? I'm going to say no. I got Walmart money. Like, I think if you just keep adding zeros to the end, eventually it becomes financially (laughs) stupid not to go, fine, I'll go lose 10 games. Right. Um, For some reason, I feel like Sean Payton is not going to be in in Denver because I think the combination of the Broncos having to give up a first-round pick and the combination of Sean Payton potentially saying no, potentially saying I don't want to be in that scenario. I think there's there's enough factors that he's not the coach of the Broncos. 
Harbaugh? Harbaugh's Does fascinating because there's some NCAA allegations there. There's the level one charge of paying for some hamburgers for, for, for a burger uh, that are out there. And that could be enough to say Harbaugh just say, all right, you guys deal with that. Like I can buy whoever I want a hamburger when I'm coaching the yes. Broncos. So see you later. I guess the other question with Harbaugh is, are there other NFL teams that would want him? Right. Like, and are there other NFL teams that would say, oh, you're going to be with the Broncos? Would do we enough would research so. to know how far they are away. Right. So I, I guess I'm, because have you guys seen, I have not seen any other reports about Harbaugh interviewing with no. anybody besides the Broncos. No. Like, I haven't seen, all oh, the Panthers are going to, well, there was that one, the Panthers owner talked to Harbaugh, but it, quote, wasn't an interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they had so, something else to talk about. So maybe the Panthers uh, are a team that's that's been out there, yeah. too. But it's just, that one maybe and i and i think in all honesty if, if you're the broncos i think you really want it to be one of those two or do you believe you can find the next like mike mcdaniel or brian dable a guy that can come in and just like he hasn't been a head coach before but that guy can make your quarterback better if it's tua if it's daniel jones if it's broken right he can make your quarterback better right. if you think you can find that guy that's a great hire but that's a hard guy to find, right? Anybody would hire that guy if it was easy to find the Mike McDaniel or the Brian Dable because he makes your quarterback better.